0: raise tackle watch out burst of speed look at this freshman welcome to the home of professional football canton ohio
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. And I'm still your host, Travis May. And if you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show where we talk about everything from college football recruiting to in-season and college NFL breakdowns to NFL draft coverage like we're going to get into today, all the way to discussions as to who should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And we always talk about some fantasy football since this is a Rotoviz radio podcast, but we always make sure... To dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too. And the regulars have joined me once again. If you guys have listened to this show very often, I feel like they they jump in about every four or five weeks or so to talk college football, talk NFL, talk everything with me. But I'm joined again by Stefan Leco at Stefan Leco on Twitter and Matt Wispay, at WispyTheKid on Twitter. They are the hosts of the Rotoviz College Football Show and a part of our Debbie ranking and writing team here at Rotoviz. And today, uh, you know what, Uh, on this special show, I mean, last week, we kind of already covered some of the free agency buzz and things like that. And I'm sure right about now, all the shows that you listen to are talking about the same six to seven or eight free agency signings. And then like five minutes after they release their podcast, five more players are going to get signed. And then all the things that they're going to talk about will be void instantly. So in order to avoid that this week, we wanted to give you a podcast, maybe, maybe the only podcast on your entire feed that is not going to be talking about NFL free agency... Uh, and jump into more rookie talk for the 2021 class. And we've already put together a couple big boards when Stefan and Matt joined me before, but we're just going to go a little bit deeper and talk about 36 different players on this special episode, except we're going to do a little bit funky. So rather than just going 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, all the way down to 36, we're going to do that. But if any of us make a pick that the others don't think is appropriate at that pick slot, each of us have two challenges to. Base basically just say uh-uh, nope you're wrong that is not the pick right here and let's say I, w- I wanted to challenge Matt uh Stefan would then be the one to hey, me. <laughs> he would be the one to make the decision as to which one of us in, in our pick was the correct play at that pick slot so we got six total challenges to play with in, in this draft shout out to Matt McCoy for this idea uh about six months ago we were on an NFL mock draft podcast and that one of the most fun episodes I've ever done of any show uh, on the thousand plus radio spots and podcasts I've done. It was, it was just one of my favorites of all time. So hopefully we'll have some fun, tell each other we're wrong. But first, before we dive in, I just got to say hello to my guests and stop talking. (laughs) Matt, stay fun. Thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, man. Always good to, always good to be on with you.
2: Yeah, man. (laughs) Hold on. Say it. I think our our guests missed that, that tone there. What was that?
3: (laughs) Hi. Oh my gosh, man! I'm in such a mood. I don't know what's going. on. I don't know on what's going. I'm in such a weird place. You got but some I'm okay with
2: it. some canes, chicken fingers, and you got I don't know what else in your system. So something something's making you making you weird. Hopefully, it messes with your picks, and maybe maybe you actually hold off on taking Justin Fields too high to, in this draft. But we'll see. We will see. But Matt is an Ohio State fan, and when, and I put up with that being the Boilermaker that I am. And State I mean, he, he's a little bit of everything. Like you what you love Seahawks, you have Oregon, you love Miami, like. Like, Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, what is this? Like what is <laughs> a little bit of that's
1: everything? It's what, what happens when you grow up in West Africa and you just kind of have to root for whatever teams you yeah. can get your hands Let's on. See. Uh yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's it's all Respect kind that. of weird.
2: Yeah, well hey, that's okay. Weird is good. Weird weird that's well, right. weird can be good. But <laughs> Uh, we'll see how weird this mock draft goes. We're going to, going to be talking about, we're going to assume that we are playing in a fantasy football league here. We're not drafting the real NFL draft and we are playing in a super flex format. So you can start two quarterbacks in your league. There's no tight end premium or anything like that. So don't go reaching for some tight end four, five, six, seven, or I will use one of my challenges to say, nope, you are incorrect. And if those rules didn't make sense, uh, I'm sorry. But basically, each of us have two challenges to use to prove the other one wrong, and the third person gets to say which person has the right pick, and that's the official pick in this draft. So 36 picks on the clock. It's me here first. I'm not going to talk a lot about about. Not going to talk a lot about this first pick because it's obvious who the number one overall consensus player is in Superflex rookie drafts this year in the 2021 NFL Draft class, and that is Trevor Lawrence of Clemson. At this point, we've been talking about this guy for five-plus years. Uh, he's He's got some underrated mobility and uh, uh, incredible accuracy downfield, although that's been picked apart a little bit as of late. But the truth is, he's going to be the, the number one overall pick in the NFL Draft. Does anybody, either one of you, disagree Like seriously at this point with, with this kind of pick? Want to use your Not challenge? Enough. I want to. Uh,
3: yeah. I, I would like to, but I'm not going to. I, I think, it's, again, I, I've said this probably on like 27 different podcasts. I think it's a matter of preference, assuming that everything we keep hearing about my guy, Justin Fields, is a little bit of a smokescreen and he's not really plummeting in the draft and he's going to end up going in the top three, which I, I still don't see a path to him not. I think it's a sort of a preference play here because I, I think Lawrence is a little bit safer because we we've seen that model i think you're looking at a prospect kind of like an Andrew Luck who is mobile but that's not really his game he's incredibly accurate but he isn't like doesn't need to be a statue in order to be accurate um, i i think he's a really good player i just think if you prefer the Lamar Jackson types who can get 3000 and 1000 then maybe you go with Fields but i can't fault you Lawrence wasn't one on my board but he is he is
2: two so <laughs> okay well i'm glad uh, you were the only one i was worried about using a challenge at the first overall slot to I'm tell me I was wrong.
3: i'm not wasting one there
2: <laughs> yeah you would you would have gotten trumped probably by uh stefan's vote there absolutely uh and you know what just to mess mess with this order i did allow stefan to have the second pick just Thanks so it wouldn't so be much. an obvious selection here the the, the two slots so First off the board. I think I have never actually had the first pick in any of these mocks that we've done together. So I was like, I'm gonna have the first pick, just knock the easy one out of the way. But I am curious, Stefan, now that you're on the clock, pick two, are you gonna go with with Matt's Homer pick or are you gonna stray away?
1: Well, I mean, I think there's good reason why we've seen uh Zach Wilson shoot up draft boards in the last Hate few weeks. But but face. I but <laughs> I still am on team Justin Fields. To me, it's it's not even all that close. We had um, Matt Hicks on our show uh, earlier this week, the uh, FF underscore educator, and he, he agreed with us. And he, I think he really brought in some, some really good points about the Justin Fields. Something he said that really stuck with me is uh, Fields is a lot closer to the one than he is to the three in this quarterback class, and, and I agree with that. I put him closer to uh, Trevor Lawrence than I do to Zach Wilson. So Justin Fields, for me, he's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got the arm strength. People question about his ability to to read defenses and see the whole field. I think that's pretty common for young guys, and I think he'll develop into an absolute uh, superstar franchise quarterback. So Justin Fields, 102 for me, pretty easy.
2: Awesome. I am not going to use my challenge there, and I doubt Matt will try to use his challenge unless he just wants to get him on his team that is not (laughs) a real team. (laughs) So I'm not going to debate at this point. I I think – Justin Fields is is the no brainer one B. Like to me, he is right there, uh, right next to Trevor Lawrence in this class. And then there is a Grand Canyon size gap, and then everyone else. I mean, when you mix their analytical profiles and the safety of the competition that they played against, I mean, like the, the the three and four, we're we're talking about. I don't know, maybe maybe Trey Lance and Zach Wilson are three and four in this class at the position. Maybe Mac Jones for some some people, but I mean, the competition level for Lance and Wilson when compared to Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, it's like. <laughs> It's, 50, it's like 50 million miles of difference. Uh, so I think if you're going for a mix of upside with the rushing ability of Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, uh, but not quite the rushing upside that maybe Trey Lance has, but you want the safety of the pedigree and the performance at the highest level that they possibly could have, it, it, these are the one, two, for, for fantasy football purposes. But I am curious now that uh, his, his bay is off the board, uh, which direction Mr. Wispay is going to go at the pick three here.
3: Yeah, this one's tough. I have a couple options. We can name names because everyone knows the names. Uh, Part of me thinks that Zach Wilson is probably the appropriate pick based on projected draft capital. We've seen some skills out of or some traits out of him that make him impressive. Um, I think of the people on the board right now, he may have the most likely to change your fantasy, your dynasty team for the longest term. But with that being said, I'm going to go with the guy that I thought was the 101 going into the year in uh, non-Superflex leagues. Uh, The one wide receiver that I believe is still a pretty clear cut above everyone, and that is Jamar Chase. You can pick him apart because you didn't see him this year. You can try and make claims that he isn't going to be, he didn't have the season like Devonta Smith. And you can love Devonta Smith. I do too. But there's a reason why Jamar Chase was able to sit out this year. And pretty much no one is batting an eye that he's still going to be worthwhile of a top like one third of the first round. Yeah, give me Jamar Chase, uh, the guy that was pretty much the one when Justin Jefferson was still on the team.
2: Wow, you know what? That's that's a little surprising. Uh, and I, I was thinking about challenging even, but I'm I'm going to hold off. I'm going to save it and tell you that you're wrong later on. A little bit too early for that. I mean, we got a lot lot of uh, a lot of picks to go here. But uh, Stefan, any, any thoughts I'm on Chase here?
1: I mean, I, I have him as my wide receiver one now. Um, I've been I've been flip flopping him and Devonta for the last couple of weeks. Like during the season, I would moved Devonta Smith up, but now getting closer to the draft, I think Jamar Chase is is my wide receiver one. Um, I wouldn't have picked him next to myself. Uh, I would have gone uh, with a different position, but uh, I can't argue. I'm not going to challenge this one. It's it's a good pick. He's a he's the type of guy who's going to be in the NFL most likely for a really long time, producing at a high level. So
3: yeah, I'm just going to sit over here and eat my Texas toast. That's right. <laughs> that sounds
2: good Uh, i'll uh, buy you some time here and uh, not make a pick that you're going to challenge either mr wispay Uh, i I almost considered doing the outlandish uh, and just making a ridiculous pick here at pick number four but i'm actually going to stay pretty chalky in terms of my board and go with mr travis Etienne. stay with my namesake in this nfl draft because at pick four getting the player that I believe to be the best running back in this class. Yes, I know Najee Harris is big. Yes, he had a pretty decent uh, fill-out season with uh, his receptions. And even even just two years ago, he had a decent receiving season, getting some receiving touchdowns that year. Had like over, what, 20 touchdowns this year. Just a scoring monster, lots of strength. But I'm going with the guy. That functioned as the de facto wide receiver two for the Clemson offense this year at the running back position. And that's Travis Etienne, man. He's he's got the contact balance. He's got the 4.41 second forty uh, at his pro day here recently. Uh, he's got the speed, and he did did it at a, a thicker weight than a lot of people thought he played at too. So he was a lot of people thought he was more close to 200 pounds. Checked in at 215 on on his pro day, and then ran a 4.41. So if he gets down to playing weight, and it's more like 208 and he can actually run sub 4-4, four, four, that's, that's ridiculous speed. And, and to have the production profile that he did, uh, both balanced as a runner and a receiver, man, Travis Etienne just feels like my running back one just hands down. Anybody want to challenge me here at uh, pick number four?
3: And No, but he's not the running back one.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah,
3: I we'll don't see. want to challenge you because then you would have to take the guy that
1: I have as my running back one. So I'm um, going to oh, be boy. selfish here.
2: Oh, boy. Well, hey, your running back one, I guess, can go off the board unless you go back to the quarterback well here, Mr. Stefan. So who do you got at pick five? Let's keep it rolling.
1: Yeah, I've got Najee Harris here. Uh, no secret that I'm in love with this man. Um, and, yes, I know that sounds weird, but I just can't help <laughs> it. Uh, 6'2", 230, he can fly, he can catch, he can block. Uh, there's not much he can't do. I mean, I, I haven't seen him throw a football, but he probably wouldn't be worse than, <laughs> you know, like a Tim Tebow type, I'm sure. So I yeah. uh, I love I love Najee Harris. I think he's going to have an absolutely uh, fantastic career. I can't really, um, I mean, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know he's going to be the first running back taken, but he's going to have pretty good draft capital. I can't see him. I mean, worst case scenario, he's the RB3 taken in the NFL draft. I think yeah. he's going to be able to produce right away. Worst case scenario, you're looking at like a Dobbins situation where he has to wait a year um, and just gets some playing time. But um, I like him. I, I like him a lot. He's got a body that can. Withstand a beating in the NFL. And uh yeah, he's my RB1 because he just produces. And for a guy that, like, I, I was skeptical on, you know, just if he'd be able to do it another year, different offense with a, you know, not, not a completely different offense, but different quarterback, he just impressed me. The dude jumps over people makes one-handed catches. <laughs> yeah. Nothing he can't
2: do. You can't can't knock him. I mean like seriously, it, it, when you break him down analytically, it's it's kind of fun cuz he seriously had 26 touchdowns this uh, this past season. He had the second most rushing yards in all of college football and basically one out of every 10 t- like touches that he had on the ground went for a score. Like and if you look at his like touchdown percentage just on outside runs, like he just was, you know, he gets if he gets a head of steam going and and he's running outside, people just bounce off the dude but one out of every eight carries on outside runs went for a touchdown this year uh, just nuts. just a ridiculous a ridiculous specimen ridiculous person hippo. say what
3: and i heard he's a hippo
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> when we were messing around with themes for this show we were talking about like you know should we do a special animal cop show and yeah i i, I said Najee harris is like a, a hippo he's a lot faster than you think he's crazy fast and strong he will kill you if, uh, you underestimate him. And then, so, yeah, that was
3: <laughs> the number one killer of man. I mean, I get yeah, it.
2: Yeah. He's a monster. Absolute monster. So yeah. Najee Harris pick five. I'm not going to challenge Matt. You're you going to challenge right here. or are you sticking holding off? No, I'm good. Okay. I'm not okay. going to
3: challenge you through five um,
2: picks. No,
3: that was, that challenges. was my, that would probably be my, my pick here as well. Um, hmm. he's sitting on the board. I know he's, this wouldn't, uh, this would be a spot where if I was looking at this spot, I probably wanna, would want to trade back. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, I'm going to take the wide receiver that pretty much had the greatest wide receiver season that we've seen, and he did it the year after my first pick had the greatest wide receiver season we'd ever seen, and I'm going to take Devonta Smith, Heisman Trophy winner, about a billion touchdowns. Uh, obviously, he did it without <laughs> the more uh, most more athletic wide receiver on the team available, yeah. but Smith proved that he was about as polished as you can be at that level, and in an appropriate scheme, you know he's going to be fantasy goodness. So I, I'm not a BMI guy. I don't I don't care about BMI. Um, anyone who tells you he's small, I don't care. He he doesn't play small. Uh, I understand that NFL players are bigger. I don't care. Devonta Smith, early draft capital. Really ridiculous uh, peak season. And if any of you challenge this, it's just because you want Devonta Smith in another pick. <laughs> yeah, uh, I
2: I do kind of want Devonta Smith. If this were a real league, yeah, I would absolutely want him on my, my team. But uh, yeah, in terms of yak per target, he was fifth this year and he was number one in the nation. Uh, The year prior to that, so over a two-year span, the dude is just a yak monster. And you would think, you know, you know, even when he's got those deeper targets and things like that from Mac Jones, that you know he wouldn't obviously be a slam dunk guy for yak because he finishes in the end zone. But he he really does. Adyak on just about every reception, and to be top five two years in a row, and really the only guys that that were ahead of him this year were super small sample wide receivers with less than fifty catches, all four of which were from G five schools. So the guy is just super efficient, super fast, and yeah, I don't really care that he's skinny. So I'm not going to try to challenge that. You going to challenge here, Stefan?
1: Nope. He's he was he's my number six player, my wide receiver too So awesome, keeping it boring.
2: Keeping it boring. I love it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it. You know, they're all going to come at one time now, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Like this, I mean, this next Middle of pick, the
1: second round, we're just going to be firing so, out challenges and yeah. everything.
2: Yep. It I may come right here. We'll see. But I'm going to go at, at the pick seven. Again, through for, through the first six picks, we got Trevor Lawrence, Clemson quarterback, Justin Fields, Ohio State quarterback, Jamar Chase, wide receiver LSU, Travis Etienne, running back Clemson, Najee Harris, running back Alabama, and sixth pick Devontae Smith, wide receiver Alabama onto the seventh slot. I am up and I'm going to take Trey Lance quarterback North Dakota State here and this is a play just based on I really love his dual threat ability I think he's got the most ridiculous physical tools uh, left on the board at the position uh, way more upside is in terms of a rusher for fantasy football purposes than Zach Wilson plus I think he's got the arm and he had basically the most efficient season possible you can have uh, albeit against lower levels of competition in 2019. So Trey Lance quarterback, North Dakota state, love that thousand plus yard rushing season and 28 touchdowns to zero interceptions with the upside of the, the athleticism and arm strength. It's just the whole package for me. So I'm going to go, the, considering it is super flex and we, we can start two quarterbacks. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Trey Lance here. Any challenges?
3: Oh, I mean, where's I he going to get drafted? Serious question. I know we're all like we assume I, I think I, I'm I've come around to there will be five quarterbacks taken in the first round in yeah. some capacity. I've I've come around to this whole idea that he's probably gonna go top fifteen. But if we're fairly certain one, two, three go quarterback, yeah. Do we think another team is gonna trade up to four? Do we think someone else is gonna try to get up into the top like eight picks to try and get Trey Lance, which I love Trey Lance. I, I'm with you on it. But if you trade up to get Trey Lance in the top eight and you're coming from like 14, I have no idea what the draft is. So no one like look at 14, 15. <laughs> um, but if you're coming from that middle of the draft range, middle of the first round range to try and trade up to get Trey Lance, doesn't that feel like a real risky move? Like one that yeah. if it goes even kind of bad for a year, you're fired. I, I I don't think I can challenge this. I think again, him and Wilson is probably preference because Lance is a Lance is more likely to be a high upside fantasy quarterback because he can run. Yeah, exactly. With that being said, I think if Zach Wilson gets picked number two overall, there's no chance that when we get to consensus mock draft that Trey Lance is going above him
2: yeah and this is i mean we're sitting here in the middle of march and it's still not absolutely written in sharpie who's going to be going first and who's going to have the best landing spot because i mean honestly it, whoever goes to the jets like their career's over so like i don't i don't really want to you know zach. yeah if it's zach wilson like congratulations your career's over bye and so like whoever goes to the jets it's it's death so i i don't even necessarily want that to be the guy that i'm targeting <laughs> targeting in, in rookie drafts so So yeah, I, but uh, glad to hear I'm not getting a challenge uh, just yet, but Stefan at eight, who are you going with?
1: So I have my big board up here and I'm not going to follow it, which means I have to change it. So um, (laughs) I'm actually going to go with wide receiver Jalen Waddle. I'm a little, the only reason he's, you know, I think a tier below the other two guys is because some of us are still not exactly sure what to do with how he looked limping around the field in that last game he played. I mean, we were all, I mean, I at least was pretty, I found a little bit heart wrenching seeing him wobble around after each catch and like looking like his leg was going to fall off. But I'm thinking that this off season, he's going to be able to get back up to, uh, to to top speed. The dude's just a freak, unbelievable speed. He's, a little thicker than people think. Like he's not just like a toothpick and he can just fly. (laughs) My only fear with him is that he ends up in a real crap offense. And we see kind of like what happened to rugs. Like I would hate that. Like I do not want to see him go to Baltimore or anything like that. I want to see him uh, be able to go to a a, a team that can utilize his speed and his athleticism. But uh, to me, Jalen Waddle has a potential to just, he he has a potential to make a huge impact on your team and just, yeah, doesn't say rip the roof off. Is that an expression? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it should be. English is not my first language, I mean, but de- de- the dude, the dude can break it open, and I, I. I think he's just
3: an absolute stud. Uh, I badly want to challenge this when an analytics website, he has the worst draft profile. <laughs> yeah. The last time we saw him, he looked like Dude. he was going to die. Except the
1: last, <laughs> but, but we were talking about him earlier this year and you were pushing oh, him. Up to your number. Yeah. You were pushing him all yeah. the way up. So you, oh, you said, I don't care. I usually care. I don't care. This guy is different. He is a freak. And, and that's what I'm going with. Like,
2: Man, I'm not. I mean, he's. he's no. like, I'm going to challenge like, I'm going to challenge just because I want to see one
1: percent college dominator.
2: I'm challenging. Mm-hmm. Ding, ding, ding. Come on now. I'm challenging. So I'm going to well, waste okay, my challenge it. here. I'm going to waste my challenge here because I know oh. that Matt West Bay doesn't doesn't want. You know what? No, I'm going to get strategic because I know who he would not pick here. Uh, I'm going to just I'm going to put Zach Wilson up for challenge here and just see if that the the, the quarterback premium would outweigh the Jalen Waddle, Knowing that the draft capital is probably coming for both of them, really. Uh, But, you know, Zach Wilson putting up like a 95th-plus percentile analytically sound profile in his final season against lower-level competition. I don't necessarily like Zach Wilson. He's like my quarterback four or five. But, Wispay, who is it? Is it going to be... I can't believe I'm actually challenging with Zach Wilson. He's not my dude. <laughs> but is it Zach Wilson or Jalen Waddle here?
3: I hate myself so much. It's <laughs> it's Zach Wilson and it's it's 100% draft capital and positional, positional premium. I, I like Jalen Waddle. I'm going to tell you guys right now, Jalen Waddle will not be the 109 um, oh, wow. for me. Oh, uh, wow. I'm going to let him slip another one um, because <laughs> I'm a dick and you'll see why. I I don't, like I said, with Lance, I don't think that if he actually goes number two and by all accounts right now, Zach Wilson is going to be the second quarterback taken. He's going to go at pick two, which means that, yeah, that he's not going to fall to 108. Okay. And with that being said, this is where I'm a jerk Yeah, because my pick. Is Javante Williams Oh come on,
2: <laughs> come on, dude! You're gonna just, just snipe me this right This isn't. Still, this actually uh. isn't
3: super strategic. It's because while I do like Rondale Moore, Bateman, Waddle, all three of those guys would be my. They'd be my next tier of wide receivers up. Sheesh. In fact, it goes Moore, Bateman, Waddle. So I can't take. I cannot take Waddle, even though I, when I've seen him at his best, he is my favorite because I've never seen Rondell Moore play an amazing game. That one game didn't happen. We've all established this, (laughs) but Javante Williams getting the last of the really, really I'm confident in running backs, even though I'm not super confident. I was going to say you're not Um, confident in Javante at all. I'm more (laughs) confident in him than I am in uh, Jermar and Jermar is my next one. So um, that is, that is where I'm going with this. I'm taking Javante Williams. Number Man. one, it's because Travis can't challenge it because he knows it's right. Yeah. And number that's, two, that's the right it's call. because there is a massive tear gap at the running back position. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there is a big one at wide receiver, which is why I didn't want to take Devonta Smith and why I would have been trading back.
2: Okay. Well, this is weird. So I, I, I challenged with a player You're that welcome. I don't even really like. And then I don't even get the player that I do like. Uh, so I'm up here now, uh, just, just to recap the 7, 8, and 9. It's Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, not uh, not Jalen Waddle. That was the, my first challenge. And then Javante Williams at the 9 slot. And then number 10, I feel a challenge coming here. Uh, but I'm going to go with my dude, Rondale Moore, who just absolutely beat Ohio State into the ground in 2018, and I will never forget it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so is there a challenge from any of you guys to, you know, go after a player who won, won the Paul Hornung Award as a true freshman and basically had a perfect production profile after one season?
1: <laughs> I like how you uh, already put your argument in place before anyone <laughs> could challenge
2: any challengers. Rondale Moore. I just 1. laid out my move.
3: You already know Moore's at the top of my list. So I'm with you on Moore.
2: Okay. Stefan, you want to challenge? Just go back to your boy, Jalen Waddell? Or?
1: I mean, they're close to me. Um, I okay. think if Waddles doesn't have any question marks around his health, definitely he should be going first. But Yeah. And um, Rondell, he's I mean, at, I don't know.
2: Yeah. Rondale had you know he had the hyper extension and weird right. situation with that too but it's still I just I love what he does uh had I was running a 4-3 in high school just an absolute gym rat you know just to use a, a stupid stupid cliche uh got to use at least one or two or three or seven cliches per podcast for sure but yep. uh back to you Stefan, just to keep it rolling we got Rondale Moore at the 10 slot now are you going to go back to the well of Jalen Waddle here at pick 11?
1: Yep, I mean he's still he's still the guy ranked at the top of my board. The, the person, so I did jump over Javante Williams for Jalen Waddle that last go around. So you know it's actually working out beautiful because I'm okay. getting my uh, eighth ranked, seventh, eighth ranked player just hey. late, and I'm I'm happy with it. That, I already told you why I like him.
2: Yeah, man, that that's killing it. I, I'm not going to argue there, I'm not going to challenge. And I I doubt at this point, Wispy, Whisp, you want you want to challenge either, do you?
3: No, I don't. But now he's I got a face that says he like does. It.
2: But <laughs> All right, so to round out round one, we've only used one out of the total possible six we challenges, our, which is we've mine. We've
3: not finished round one. I still have a I pick. Know,
2: I know. The last – okay, <laughs> teeing you up here. The last pick of the first round is who? Kyle Pitts. Oh, that's Kyle I Pitts. Have,
1: that's how I have it too. No challenge on, you know, on my end here.
2: I was, the first thing I was going to say, I was like, wow, we made it through the first round without Kyle Pitts. But we did not. Okay, so why – even though it is a tight end – are you confident taking it's him? It's
3: because it, it's largely because I think Kyle Pitts has dynasty franchise changing uh, ability. I think we could be looking at the next Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, George Kittle type of fantasy contributor, and because of that, he is going to make a bigger impact than the guy that I have ranked one slot above him, who I hope is your pick next, but. I'm a huge fan of him. I think that he'll be an instantaneous red zone option for whatever team he goes to. I think he will be one of the three or four most athletic tight ends once he jumps into the league. And I think there's a reason why at the beginning of this year, there was, Oh, there's a tier of three guys. And by the end of it, there's a tier of one, there is Mm -hmm. one tight end that should be considered high. Even in tight end premium leagues, he's the only guy I would take in the first and yeah, it's, it's Kyle
0: Pitts. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: It's why I, and I'm really happy with your next pick. Um, it's why I was uh, struggling a little bit because I don't typically like tight end, but guys that can change change the dynamic of your dynasty team, you take.
2: Absolutely, I'm not going to challenge you. Going to challenge Stefan?
3: Nope. He he. I had him as my. Uh, I had him above Trey
1: Lance. Well, there All you right?
2: go. You got a challenge way back then, man. I, I feel lucky to avoid that. To have avoided that challenge, but uh, so that's the first round. Uh, and but we are going to get to round two and three, in more of a lightning format, uh, less detailed here. But just to get as many names out there for you as possible, want to recap two more rounds after this. But first, a word from our sponsors.
0: What's up, Road of His listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Road of His Radio and one of the co hosts of the
2: Road of His Overtime podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening into to another Road of His Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Road of His NFL pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply
0: adding the code RVRadio2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Road of His website, the best tools and content in the business are
2: the best listeners in the business. As always, we do appreciate you listening to each and every show. And if you do have five, 10, 15 seconds to spare, please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app. It is much appreciated. With all that said, thank you once again for
0: tuning in. I hope you have a great day. Now let's get back to the show.
2: All right, so we're back and just kicking off round two. I'm not going to delay, and I think my next pick here is going to be a player that I think Wispay almost took in the first round. I'm going to go with Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, Minnesota. We wouldn't be a his podcast if we let Rashad Bateman keep falling because the dude, analytically speaking, has just about a near-perfect Profile. If you look at his overall adjusted production index, taking a look at his dominator, his yards per team pass attempt, and his touchdowns per team pass attempt, he's easily a 90th percentile or better wide receiver prospect. Had that early breakout season, just kept on dunking on people over and over and over, and even in a small sample size this year, absolutely killed it. So, any votes against Mr. Rashad Bateman here? Nope. Nope. That seems... He was was
3: was the next guy on my list. He was the next guy on my list, too. I think the biggest thing that you forgot to talk about with Bateman is he did that early breakout year with a legit NFL wide receiver who is starting to impress everyone now in Tyler Johnson. So 100% all in on this Bateman pick. I think it's the right pick. And it's why I was mad when I had to decide between him and Pitts.
2: All right. Well, it sounds like I'm a really smart guy. I appreciate you guys for that yeah. uh, for that vote of confidence uh, in my drafting skills here. Uh, but t- kicking it over to you, Stefan. at 2.02, 02, the 14th overall pick, who's your guy?
1: Okay. So do I take the next guy on my board or do I, like, I know he will still be around? First, I know you all will challenge him. Second, <laughs> I still know he'll be around. But I'm going to throw him out here just because I want people to know how much I love diami Brown Challenge. I love him. You Challenge. thought I was gonna say Marvin Mims, <laughs> just taking him a year early. <laughs> no Deami Brown is just a freak athlete. I love the dude. He is just next level when it comes to his a dot, his ability to get down the field. I think he is Antonio Brown type. Whew. High breeze side. Yeah. When, when you just look at what he's like, just watch some highlights. The dude just gets open. He has great separation. He has a great release off the line of scrimmage. I think his his catch rate was close to sixty-five percent this past year. And that's with an eighteen point five A dot. Like that is insane. Usually when you have such a high A dot, you're not hauling in sixty-five percent of your catches. He is no. <laughs> an absolute dynamic freak. I can't wait to have him on everyone on my teams because I'm willing to take him early in the second round. Man. I don't care what you challenge. haters say.
2: Okay, challenge, challenge, challenge from Mr. Challenge, Wispy. Challenge, challenge, challenge. Who are you going to put Harris here?
1: Terrace Marshall.
3: Well, he was Marshall. the
1: next guy, so I'm, I'm happy with Terrace too. I've got him as my wide receiver seven. Diami is my wide receiver six. Wait, and that's Travis why Travis has a,
3: decided that he's going to tell me that he hasn't <laughs> made quick, his ruling yet.
1: Real quick, though, I, I will just say, in a real draft, I would have gone Terrace first because I know Diami is going to stick around a little bit longer. Yes. But for the sake of this exercise, I just wanted people to know where I've got Brown.
2: OK, well, so it's it's weird because I like both these guys, too. It sounds like we're, we're these are basically in similar tiers of players. Uh, but for me, I'm actually going to say at this point, because I find myself putting Diami higher and higher and Terrace Marshall a little bit lower and lower. I'm going to say that I'm going to stay. I'm, I'm going to say, sorry, Matt, uh, sticking with Stefan and his pick of Diami Brown, because I mean, I. His ridiculous. He really did clean up his drops because I guess it was two years ago he did kind of struggle with drops. But this past season, like you mentioned, the outrageous catch percentage and two back-to-back seasons of fifty-plus receptions on over a thousand yards, averaging over twenty yards per reception. He's been the best deep threat in all of college football. All of college football. So, Diami Brown here at two point oh two. That may seem surprising. That may be a fiery take for some people, but I think ha, he's going to be rising uh, even even as we approach the NFL draft.
3: That's fine. You guys can have him. I'm taking the <laughs> watch one. <more. laughs> All right.
2: So, Matt, that is your first challenge. You got one remaining. Use it wisely. You're up here. We'll see if we we send a challenge your way. So, Matt, two point oh three. Who you got?
3: Well, I know this. I know that Stefan's going to want to challenge this pick because I know he doesn't have him in his top thirty-six. He's wrong to not have him in his top 36. No, it's not. It's not 2-2. It's, it's Elijah Moore. Um, I love Elijah Moore. I've loved him for two full seasons. Uh, yeah. Right after Metcalf and A.J. Brown left, I I pointed at Moore and said, that dude's about to blow up. He blew up. He uh, peed in the back of a, the end zone. It was real fun. Elijah Moore is a really, really good receiver. Do I think he's going to ever be like a team's one? No, probably not. Do I think he's <laughs> going to be one of the better slot receivers or better kind of wide receiver twos on any team I really do I think that this guy has the profile of a guy that is going to be very productive for fantasy teams for a long time
1: I'm just gonna challenge just based on the fact that you wanted me to take Terrace Marshall in front of Brown and here he is still on the board and you skipped over him for more to me Terrace has a six foot three 200 pounds he's got like seven inches on Elijah Moore the dude's a beast to me I think, I think Terrace Marshall has to be the next wide receiver off the board uh, ahead of Moore. All right. I'm sorry. Sweet. Is height the contributing factor for so, all wide receivers? Always? I get to be. No, but, but I'm just saying the dude also has speed. He's also a red zone threat. Like what can, what can Moore do that Marshall can't be 50% of an offense? You just said he's probably not going to be a number one at the NFL level. Terrace Marshall has the opportunity, the build, the speed, the pedigree to be a wide receiver one. Don't you roll your eyes at me, young man, (laughs) man. (laughs) respect your elders. (laughs) I can see you on this podcast. Oh my (laughs) gosh. I
2: wish we had video just for this one. This, this would have been, this would have been, this would have been the one just for the facial expressions here. So I get to be the judge and jury here two picks in a row and I get to shut down the person who challenged two times in a row so this is great so I'm going to go with Elijah Moore I've been rising have him rising and rising and rising up my my boards as well and in, in super flexed in whatever format it doesn't matter because the dude had he's got the earlier breakout he's got the ridiculous market share and using my adjusted production index he's got the highest rating of any power five wide receiver in this class outside of Devontae Smith's peak production uh, so uh, just an absolute monster. Yes, I do think he's going to be mostly a slot wide receiver. But when he did go outside, he was even more effective and more efficient on the outside in his in in the 2020 season, averaging uh, way more uh, yards per reception. And was even, even his catch rate was uh, given the expectation at his depth of target was higher than it should have been on the outside so I think he can be uh, a line you up anywhere kind of player we saw Justin Jefferson just do it a year ago so I hope that's the case with Elijah Moore sorry 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 Stefan, I'm I'm sticking with Elijah Moore here but
1: if you want to take Terrace Marshall with your next pick <laughs>
2: How did did you know? Actually, you know, it wasn't because I wanted to take Terrace Marshall at this pick, but I am going to take Terrace Marshall at this pick because I I have been moving Diami up. I have been moving Elijah up. Uh, but I've been moving down uh, Terrace Marshall just a bit. I, I do like his upside and, and his size. And really, to knock a guy who couldn't you know, dominate an offense, he was sharing it with Jamar Chase, the you know, obvious wide receiver one in this class to many, and then uh, Justin Jefferson as well. At the same time, the dude who just killed it in his first NFL season and is is many people's top 2020 wide receiver one as well so I, I am curious we just saw him have a way worse quarterback play this past season and still put up a bonkers t- touchdown percentage when he was on the field uh, so I think he does have a lot of potential I think this wide receiver class is just really really stinking deep there may be a slight perceived tier break here so I, I am curious to see which direction you guys go uh, but no one's challenging this given what we've just talked about right
3: Correct. Don't tempt me. I just, sometimes I just, no, I, I only <laughs> have one left. I'm saving it for when you okay. mistakenly take somebody. Okay. Uh, or I, for I when Stefan takes Kylan Hill next. So, oh my gosh.
1: God, are you staring at my board? <laughs> All
2: right, Stefan, pick 2.05. 2. Oh, but he is up
1: there. Pick 2.05. Oh,
2: Who you got, Stefan? taking
1: Max Jones. He's a fifth quarterback off the board. And to me, you know, this is a late... Late enough that it feels like a value pick I don't think he has tremendous upside But we've seen that he's super accurate He may not be the most athletic uh, But he can he can get the job done As we just saw uh, what he was able to do At Alabama He might be the type of guy that's more of a game manager But you know what, they put up fantasy points too Especially when they're uh, managing to score A lot of touchdowns So Mac
3: Jones feels like a safe pick here
2: Yeah, absolutely I'm No, no argument for me uh, 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 Are you lower on, on Mac Jones, Matt?
3: No, to be honest, I think he's at I think he still sits as my like if if I were picking players, he's probably my QB three. I'm mm. the most confident in his ability as a passer yeah. of that non Justin Fields Trevor Lawrence tier. The only reason fantasy wise why he maybe dips down to four or five is just because it's really hard for statues to keep up, mm-hmm. uh scoring wise. And he's gonna be a statue. So um, I love the pick here at 205. I think he's he's a pretty solid value in this range. I don't have any reason to challenge it.
2: Okay. Yeah, I'm not either. So let's keep it rolling. Matt, about halfway through the second round here.
3: I'm going with um, a wide receiver that's getting a little bit of buzz that I'm not really a huge fan of, but he's pretty athletic. It's Kadarius Tony. Seems like he's getting that uh, early round two capital. Seems like there were people who liked him more than Rondale Moore who were wrong and bad at their job. But if he's going to get that kind of capital, he's going to get to the field. Oh boy! Uh, I don't love his production profile. I don't actually, I, I thought he was a dude that should have been used more earlier. And then when he wasn't, he pushed pretty far down my board. But with that being said, you can't argue with draft capital. And Kadarius Tony at this point feels like a nice value.
2: Well, I'm going to challenge them, uh, and I'm going to make it really fun because I'm going to say that I would go with Mr. Brevin Jordan, tight end, instead of Kadarius Tony right here. And I know you're giving me a face right now, Matt Wispay, but uh, Bre- Brevin Jordan and Pratt Matt Fireman too, huh? Sorry? He's not even my tight end, too. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. You can be wrong. It's okay. But uh, it's seriously, Brevin and Pat Frymuth are probably going to be first-round tight ends, if not top 40 picks in this draft. And they're going to get hyped up. They're going to rise up boards. They keep on dropping over and over again. And when I did the poll mock in in January and early February, neither of the tight ends even made it into round two, which is just—sorry, That's just that just feels wrong, given they're going to have— Uh, top tier pedigree and and maybe early early opportunity so Brevin Jordan versus Kadarius Tony both of them probably getting capital so what what do you think Stefan
1: I have Brevin Jordan five spots higher in my ranking so I gotta go with Brevin Jordan here also the you sorry
2: the you yes well good I I won a challenge there we go Mr. Brevin Jordan slotting in for Matt's pick love to see that (laughs) <laughs> You're at 2.06. And plus, he's got the early breakout age. He's got a crazy peak production, like 30% dominator rating. I mean, analytically speaking, he's going to be super young tight end with capital, with the production profile, double of what you need to count as a breakout for tight ends. So really love to see it there. Uh, so I am actually going to make it interesting here, I, I, I hope, and just go back-to-back back tight ends and say that Pat Friarmuth at 207 is the value pick as well because same argument top tier capital uh, there's it feels like a tier break is still at running back and maybe a tier break at wide receiver I think Pat Frymuth you know all the all the top quarterbacks are gone I think Pat Frymuth here at two point oh seven is the way to go
1: I'll challenge that I just think there's way too many uh, good wide receivers left on the board I have a couple of running backs I like more in fact I will put up one Jermar Jefferson. Jamar Jeffs oh,
3: uh, I'm I'm really glad I was muted there because uh I'm not happy with you. Um...
1: <laughs> well, to me he's one of the next one of the next running backs that I think can really produce uh he he is to me uh, the start of the next tier of running backs uh, whereas Pat Farmouth I, I think he will have a solid career in the NFL, but I think you're gonna have to wait a while before you really see a uh, high end uh, production. You're talking about a 12-team non-premium type, like tied in non-premium league. I just don't know how how quickly you'll be slotting Pat Frymuth into your lineup, where Jamar Jefferson uh, could be a breakout
3: running back. I'm not a spiteful person, Travis. <laughs> I'm not
2: okay. So you're going to hold off, and uh, Pat Frymuth stays. I'm
3: only going to hold off based on the lot. I feel like you made a pretty decent argument for the fact that Pat, if Pat Fryermuth and Brevin Jordan both get top 40 overall pick capital. I think that getting them in this range is probably where they're going to fall. And I think that while I do like Jamar Jefferson, I think that when you're talking about these running backs, there is a, a big question mark at this yeah. point. And I don't think there's any guarantee of who's going to be the first non-Harris uh, ETN Williams picked. So at yeah. that point, I think with the uncertainty... Even though I very clearly like uh, Jermar more than I like Pat Freimuth or Brevin Jordan, or even my own pick of Kadarius Tony, I'm going to leave this one. But just know, if this were my spot, I'm not taking Pat Freimuth. I'm okay. taking a player that I want to watch play football.
2: Okay, <laughs> that's fair. But we, we are five challenges in, so there's only one more challenge left. And I think it's yours, Matt, right? Correct. It okay, is. Okay. well, 2.08. Let's see if you use it right here on Stefan's pick. Who you got?
1: Um, I'm going Tylan Wallace. Um, he's my next ranked wide receiver. I think he's really good. He was able to produce with not great quarterbacks. I think he has the potential to be a really solid player in the NFL. I'm gonna keep it short because we're getting up against that time. But yes, yeah, Tyler Wallace for me is next.
2: I love that pick right there. Value pick, always a Belotnikov finalist type player. Matt, to you at
3: 2.09. I guess I'm going back to the well. It's Puka, areas, Tony, Draft Capital. I still don't like him more than Jermar, but whatever. I think at this point, yeah. Draft capital.
2: Okay, well, I will then snipe you and take your guy Jamar Jefferson, running back, Oregon State. I mean, people forget that as a true freshman he had like fifteen hundred yards. Uh, struggled with health as a sophomore, but then it, again, it had the season that everyone wanted. Chuba Hubbard to have, and so two point one zero Jamar Jefferson, running back, Oregon State through twenty two picks. Stefan, back to you. Are you We're just in a fight? You, by the way,
1: you you just you just said <laughs> his name, Chuba Hubbard. Um, I know he didn't produce the way we wanted him to this year. Man, I'm going to give him a pass. This was a weird offseason. It was a weird season in general. That team had offensive line issues. Hubbard, I think, still... I mean, this time last year, he w- we were talking about him and Etienne as our one and two. Um, I'm just not ready to give up on him yet. This late, it doesn't feel that risky. Give me Chuba Hubbard. He's got just yeah. crazy upside.
2: Agree. I'm, I'm not going to challenge there. I, I, it was between him and Jamar at this point. I think Ch- Chuba keeps falling, I guess, by perception, but I don't get it either, so... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to, not going to, I don't even have a challenge to, to give, but I, Matt, are you going <laughs> to challenge that?
3: I'm not going to challenge it. Uh, I like other running backs better, but it's not egregious. And I'm going to take one of those running backs. I like better. That's Kenneth Gainwell. He was not an opt out on a like reason that was, Oh, I just don't feel like hurting my body anymore. Uh, <laughs> his, he had legit family reasons and yeah. maybe he, uh, gained a little bit of weight and yeah. he's not so skinny. And if he's not so skinny. I love Kenneth Gainwell at the next level.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can't really argue there. I mean, if if he figures out how to gain some weight and maintain some speed, I mean, he had that fifteen hundred yard season, had fifty one catches, uh, you know, just a year ago. So can't knock that. I'm, I love that. And again, like you already mentioned you you said that we're fighting. We're definitely fighting now because that was definitely going to be my pick. Uh, so I'm just a little bit just a little bit better uh, about that selection. Not not too much, but uh, I am going to go ahead and, and make the pick that I think is going to get challenged here as the final challenge to kick off round three uh and that is with uh, chatarius tutu atwell out of louisville wide receiver i think he's seven pounds soaking wet but he's one of the best deep threats in all of college football and can be an absolute difference maker so chatarius tutu atwell
3: no i'm not i'm not challenging this pick because he was probably going to be my pick in two picks boom uh, boom yep I love
2: (laughs) awesome well tutu atwell it is back to you stefan
1: Okay, this one's getting challenged. Kylan Hill, I love yes,
3: him. Yes, Michael <laughs> Carter. Yeah, you don't <laughs> oh, even like man.
2: Michael Carter. so
3: I don't care. He was out. He was more productive than Javante Williams as a runner, just not as a touchdown producer. And yeah, he's going to have higher capital than Kylan Hill, who basically sure. played a third of a year.
1: Here's the thing. He may have higher draft capital, but neither one of them is going day one or day two, most likely. So at this point, give me the guy who has... Better talent. And to me, it's Kylan Hill, and it's not even close.
2: Man, I
3: respect that. That is tough. I actually like both Travis of them. I,
2: I actually, I'm going to go with Michael Carter, though. I I, I was really impressed uh, this year by his contact balance, his vision, his, his burst. He just looked like a different player year over year. Uh looks like he's ready to be a pro. And really, he is same school and everything he is a Giovanni Bernard clone so he's not going to be a feature I don't see that happening at the next level but I think he could get capital I think he could, he could get round three capital if if not uh, even late round two capital just because of his ridiculous final season whereas Kylin Hill had kind of Uh, An imperfect finish to his college career. I I can't project the capital with the same confidence with Kylan Hill. So I'm going to stick with Michael Carter, and we are out of challenges. So let's just lightning round to finish it up here. Matt, over to you at the 3.03. I'm
3: going to go with the best Auburn wide receiver on the board, and that's Seth Williams, guy's a burner, guy can stretch the field. Uh, He's not actually as fast as Schwartz, I don't believe, but he was really productive, and I'm a big fan of his. So Seth Williams.
2: Okay, so that's kind of a bummer. I was I was hoping. See, I'm a, I'm a huge Auburn fan, so I wanted to just be a homer, and I didn't really have you know I hadn't made a homer pick in a while. So Seth Williams was going to be my pick. We, we are we are still fighting. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna say that uh, Kyle Trask is gonna get uh, some decent uh, capital uh, as a quarterback six, a guy who could still get top fifty capital in this draft if somebody wants to reach for him. Uh, I think. Yeah, mid- middle of the third round. Kyle Trask is probably this is probably where he's going to go once the once the draft is said and done. Stay fine at three point oh five.
1: Kylan Hill, <laughs> I'll get him this time around. <laughs> Kylan Hill, I'm going to have I'm going to have all it. the Kylan Hill and Diami Brown shares this year. I can already tell.
2: Yeah, I mean, hey, this board would definitely say that is the case unless I'm in a league with you and then snipe Diami Brown from you. Uh, right, but you can you can keep Kylan, but three point oh six, Matt, over to you. Davian Hawkins. Ooh, Javion Hawkins. I know some people that are really, really high on him. What's your thing with JV on here?
3: Uh, two receptions per game, seven touchdowns in eight games, uh, and averaged over six yards per carry. Uh, and then he quit on his team. I like quitters. Um, no, I, he just—he was a productive back. Uh, got some usage in the kick return game as a as a redshirt freshman, and had 1,500 yards as a redshirt freshman. It's really hard to argue him uh, against his production. And honestly, at this point. Just kind of hope that maybe he lands in a spot where the depth chart sucks. <laughs>
2: there you go. Uh, that, that you can you can always hope anyway. And I'm going to actually go. I'm going to uh, at this slot here. I'm going to go with Amon-Ra St. Brown at 3.07. Uh, I don't really necessarily like his profile. His production profile is not great, uh, but out of USC uh, has a pedigree. Uh, years ago, he was a number one overall wide receiver, right next to uh, Justin Shorter, who definitely flamed out. Uh, so, what do we think there, guys?
1: Uh, He was my next guy too.
2: Okay. Well, over to you, Stefan.
1: I loved him preseason.
2: Yeah, not so much now. (laughs) Less. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Stefan, over to you.
1: Um, I'm going with kind of a a dark horse here. As far as beginning of the season, no one knew his name, but Dwayne Eskridge is rising up people's draft boards. He's going to get the draft capital. I don't think by the time we're actually doing rookie drafts, he's going to be available this late into the third round. I think he's going to have just incredible, incredible uh, capital and we'll see him go much earlier than this. So to me, it's a value play, play right here.
2: Nice, I like that value I'm here. as well I, I don't even, I don't even like him at all. But th- once you get this late, getting a guy that could be a burner and could sneak into some capital is interesting.
3: I like it ish, but I don't like him. So I'm gonna take <laughs> a player because I'm still a homer and he played one year for Ohio State. I hated him before it. Uh, but Trey Sermon, you can't argue with how he finished the year, other than. I mean, ignoring the national championship where he got hurt on the first play, but he was my nice pick. He was a monster down the stretch, and you can't really be mad about that.
2: Yeah, he was an absolute monster down the stretch, and then he got hurt like right at the very beginning of the national championship. It really just stunk to see him go down in that way. But yeah, uh, so I'm actually going to go with the guy who had an even stronger finish and was the reason that Trey Sermon actually transferred out of Oklahoma. I'm going to go with Ramondre Stevenson, the guy who had 876 yards from scrimmage in his final six games. Just an absolute beast. Just had his pro day, ran a 4.63. Not great, but he's actually 230 pounds and uh, has some wiggle to go with that size and some decent receiving ability. So Ramondre Stevenson, this late, I think he could sneak into some capital, a la Deontay Foreman, but actually talented.
1: Nice. (laughs) I'm going to go Sage Surratt, uh, Wake Forest wide receiver. Uh, he struggles a little bit with separation, but I think, um, you know, given the right situation, he could flourish. Uh, this late again, I'm willing to take the upside play with a guy like him.
2: Okay, I well, so to finish right out the draft, and <laughs> Stephon, you, you I know you got some place to be, so thanks for joining us on the show. It's always, go- yeah. it's always good. I just want to say
1: one last thing before I take off. The last guy on my board, just to bring it home from preseason <laughs> talk, Tamori and Terry, yeah make yeah, you live hey. on forever <laughs> yeah man oh
2: gosh he disappointed but uh yeah by the way you guys just before just so you know you guys are like my two uh most critically acclaimed guests uh have, have some people chime in uh, as like a sample size of like a, you know it's about like four people so don't don't to your to-, <laughs> to your own too much but you know like four people you know out of the blue is like hey i really love it when stefan and matt come on the show you guys have a lot of fun and make it fun for listeners so appreciate you guys fun. but stay fun i'll you talk to you it. guys Yeah, man, and then uh, my therapist now. I'll I'll let you know how bad Matt's pick is.
1: That's right. I'll be listening. (laughs)
2: All right, Matt. To round out the draft, who is your you know last and terrible
3: pick here? I hate you guys for making me pick (laughs) Tomorian on Terry. Oh, I hate it. You're actually gonna do it so much. Okay, it's I don't like. Well, here's the issue. I didn't hate him. As a player, when I watched him, obviously, I saw some things. I was like, oh, wow, he looks really good. He looks really athletic. He's huge, and he seems like a burner. He runs like 22 miles an hour on the field. You can't really argue that. The issue at hand I have with him, he sucks. His profile constantly (laughs) is super, like... (laughs) It's it's one where you're like, man, this guy's going to go out and put up like a 40 dominator. Nope. No we need to not. have a
2: metric. We need to have an official rotoviz metric for that. Like I thought you were actually going to, there's just one thing I hate about him and he sucks.
3: <laughs> no, I, it's, it's me. Let's be clear. Yeah, I just yeah, don't think I, he's a guy that is constantly expected to be amazing and he has underperformed along the way uh, at every yeah. turn. I don't love him, but at a certain point, you just have to look at a guy that's that athletic and say all right, he's probably going to be impressive Yeah. and some team will fall in love with him. Yeah,
2: I, I, yeah that, that's where I am with, with Terry. I think we had such high hopes. I think a lot of people in the Debbie and in, in college fantasy uh, football community, we wanted Terry to be a thing because he had this crazy speed at like 6'4". Uh, and, you know, he looks like, you know, he's not going to be Randy Moss or anything, but, you know, he, he looks like he could do something great. And then this past year struggled in his very limited action. Uh, dropped, you know, what could have been his best play of the season. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he's just inconsistent, I guess. That's that's the biggest concern with Tamori Ontario. He but. was like
3: a t- turn pick in Devy mocks that this time last year, he was was going in the one, two turn.
2: Yeah, man. And then just dropped off completely. So he's, he's not, you know, all of his talent and ability didn't just disappear. He still got athleticism for days, but just to recap here, because we, we just talked about 36 players in one hour. So that was a lot of information to digest, but just to recap here, we've got Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Jamar Chase, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, Devante Smith, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Javante Williams, Rondell Moore, Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts—that's that's a jam-packed first round right there. Any like surprises to you, Matt? That stood out.
3: I mean, Lance over Wilson will probably be is a bit of a surprise to people. I think Bateman not being a first-round pick might be a surprise to some. Yeah, especially because uh, he just, and he I, just I mean, smoked
2: his forty-yard dash, so people are still drooling over that.
3: I mean, it's just one of those things where you look at it and go, "All right, well." It's a, we kind of have a loaded wide receiver class. And when that happens, you start to see some guys fall. So I know people are going to think we're crazy for Terrace Marshall falling, uh, out of the first, um, but not DME Brown, no one's going to be mad at us for that one. But I I mean, I would say Javante Williams going at nine when Moore and Waddle are on the board might be a bit of a surprise, but that was a little bit of a strategic look at the board. Look at who's yeah what that gap is and the
2: fact that yeah positional gap there there's a huge drop running back there so i think that that makes sense and really javante williams his hype train has kind of got gotten out of control here lately so um i think started it I yeah yeah we can i kind of did but that's another discussion for another day but then rashad bateman to kick off round two diami brown might surprise people at 2.02 of course elijah moore Terrace marshall mac jones Revan Jordan, the tight end, Matt, Matt, Pat Friermuth, the tight end, Penn State, Tylen Wallace, Kadarius Toney, Jamar Jefferson, Chuba Hubbard, and Kenneth Gainwell. Had a little bit of a running back run to round out round two there. Any surprises that kind of stand out that that you think might change once the NFL draft actually happens?
3: Since I'm a little worried about Chuba's draft capital, uh, I think he might be the one that we see kind of just fall off the face of the earth. Really, with these running backs, I think we're all sort of hedging. We're kind of sitting here yeah. thinking which one of these guys is going to get enough capital that their roster spot is going to be safe. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going to be uh, a late training camp cut, or they're going to maybe be the running back two on a depth chart. And with each one of those guys, I think they all have that chance. And we're just hoping they're early, I mean, late third, early fourth, and not late fifth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's, so.
2: the, that's the thing. Like, uh, probably it's going to be that more than three running backs get taken in the first 22 or 20, 21 picks in the running back, you know, in, in real rookie drafts. Because once these landing spots actually happen and one or two of these guys actually gets more capital than we thought, it, it might change. But. Uh, right now i think we're we're just apprehensive cuz this is a just objectively weak running back class overall especially man could you imagine it? you know if Najee Harris and Travis Etienne were not in it so but to round 3 if we wanted to add the third round just because there's so many good names to talk about in this class like Tutu Atwell kicking it off here in third the third round Michael Carter could be the guy who passes all the running backs that we had uh, above him uh, in round two, actually, out of North Carolina. And then pick three, Seth Williams. And then Kyle Trask, you know, his draft capital is going to be the deciding factor. He could be 10 picks higher than this or completely off the face of the earth. But Kyle Trask, uh, quarterback Florida, had a great production profile until, you know, he lost a couple of his most valuable weapons, both of which were drafted ahead of him in this rookie draft. So Kyle Trask at the fourth pick in third round, Kyle, uh, Kylan Hill, Javion Hawkins, Amon Ross St. Brown, Dwayne Eskridge, Trey Sermon, Ramondre Stevenson, Sage Surratt, and Tamorian Terry. Anything uh, from this crew that you feel like could definitely change in a big way?
3: So, I mean, I think you guys mentioned Eskridge. If he does get this capital that the hype train after the senior bowl like range started to come out with, if he does start to get that early capital, I do think he's going to probably move into that second round and honestly, again, we go back to the which one of these next tier running backs is going to make that jump, whether it's Hawkins, Sermon, uh, Hill, Carter, any of those guys. Yeah. I mean, Stevenson, I forgot to mention him and I hyped him a lot this year. Um, I, any one of those guys could be the fourth running back off the board. It, yeah. Like, I really it's don't just, think it's any that <laughs> any one of those guys. Yeah. So and I think that's that's, that's where, where we would see the board. Once you see that.
2: Yeah. But the, the board with running backs could change completely. Uh, just it's just going to be weird to see how the NFL values that late season surge by Sermon and Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson over over more complete resume guys uh, that we had taken higher. But I, I mean seriously, it, it, any of these guys could be the running back four after we get past those those big three that have have seemingly emerged as. Uh, all consensus top fifty overall real draft capital selections. But man, appreciate you uh, coming on, Matts and uh, Stefan, uh, who's already gone. You really do enjoy just talking football with you guys, making fun of, you, proving you know, telling you guys are wrong about stuff. It's always always a good time. Uh, but uh, anything you uh, you want to plug before we uh, sign off?
3: No, I'm, I'm probably going to be kind of silent for a while. I, um, I haven't mentioned on the show, but I'm my baby is my first kid is due in a week. Yes. Um, it's awesome. So I'm probably going to take like a month off and uh, <laughs> allow uh, myself to be a little more available to help out my wife around the house. But yeah. beyond that, I, I mean, I'll be back next year. I'll be back on the road of his college football pod. I'll be uh, writing somewhere i don't know if i'm going to be doing my weekly article again next year but i'm definitely we'll going to be doing some sports betting stuff as well so nice uh it's going to be I, I i will be around and talking football and if you ever want to hear bad takes about ohio state or just seeing the uh, seeing f-bombs thrown out left and right whenever there's bad play follow me at wispy the kid on twitter <laughs>
2: man you, you pitched it so well oh man <laughs> well congratulations Congratulations on the first kid. And thanks again for joining me uh, on another College to Canton podcast. And listeners, I can't believe we're already, you know, a month and a half till the NFL draft. It's kind of crazy. Going to be talking about these rookies more. Going to be talking about some college football players again here soon. But, man, I just look forward to you all joining me again soon for many more episodes of the College to Canton podcast.